Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Larry Zabisco Wrestling's Living Legend, and you're watching Monty and the Pharaoh. All right, welcome to another edition of Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, only seen here on Village Connection Radio, live from Rockstar Studios. This is Monty and Nefaro, and at the board is none other than station manager, co-host of the in-crowd, co-host of Mill and a Rockstar, award-winning novelist Stephen Miller. Hey, what's up, fellas? And by the way, this is all factual stuff. This is not made up stuff. No lies. And to my right is none other than the star of the show, Jimmy Farrow. Good evening, everybody. Back again. And then the most exciting part of tonight's show is none other than pro wrestling superstar, pro wrestling Hall of Famer, Mr. Coco Beware. Coco. All right. Thank you. Thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate it. So Jimmy, Jimmy's gonna have at you. I'm gonna start off. Oh well. All right, get, get 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 the whole. Come on, Jimmy, I'm waiting on you. Flow it. Well, come on, baby. He's got to get the formal introduction from the Pharaoh, ladies and gentlemen. May I introduce you to our esteemed guest, born James Ware on June twentieth, nineteen fifty-seven. Better known by his in-ring name, Coco Beware, semi-retired, so they say. I'm not so sure about that. American well, professional. Sooner or later, you'll find out. Yeah. Oh, oh no, I don't want to. Semi-retired American professional wrestler in 1978 is when he made his debut. Uh, he was, was born in Union City, Tennessee, United States. Residence, uh, ooh, how do I pronounce this? Collierville? Coll- Collierville. Collierville. man. Oh, okay. Get it together. Come yeah, I will try, I'd like to, except I Damn can't New see. New Yorkers. I know. What's with our slang? Tennessee, United States. All right. Professional wrestling career. He's had several names. Coco Beware, of course, as we know. Stagger Lee, Sweet Brown Sugar, and Coco Ware. Build 5'7", 228. The Birdman, man. Don't forget about yeah, The Birdman, of course. And, of course, he's got the resume as follows. Um, NWA United States Tag Team Championship Florida version with nice. Norvell Austin. Yep. CWA, as we all remember from the Territory Days. AWA Southern Tag Team Champion. Seven times. Seven times. We have with uh, three times with Norvell Austin, Bobby Eaton, two times. Nice. Stan Lane and Dutch Mantel. 
NWA Mid America Heavyweight Champion six times. Unbelievable. Six times. Man. Yep. And I do believe the very first ever NWA Mid America Television Champion. Also, WCCW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated ranked him in the top 500, of course, as we love our PWI back in 2003. And a former two-time USWA Unified World Champion and a tag team champion in USWA. But most importantly, WWE Hall of Fame Class 2009. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Coco Beware. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I, I got it together at the end. I'm just, you know, I tried. It's not a, it wasn't bad, right? Yeah, you got it, Ian. You got lucky. <laughs> got lucky. That, that, oh, is, that oh. is a long, prestigious career, my friend. Yeah. Damn. I really, I really appreciate everything, man. It was for you guys even have in, invite me here and all that. It's it's, it's been an honor. Well, thank, thank you. you, thank you for coming. So let's open up with the first question: Why pro wrestling? How does this even happen? Well, just like everyone else, it's something you just fall in love with. I don't know what it is. It's, you just see it and you think you can do it, and then once you get the opportunity. Opportunity to do to do it, man. You just you just fall in love with it, in love with it, and just keep going, and until you can go as high as you can go. Did this know? did this love affair begin as a child with pro wrestling? You know what? Ever since professional wrestling ever came in my hometown of Union City, Tennessee, where as a kid I felt in love with it, and I told my Mother and father, I said, this is what I want to be. I want to be that professional wrestler, and I want to go all over the world, and I just want to do everything I can do, and I want to be able to save money, to, and, and I, don't have to, I don't have to work no more, what I'm saying. That's the job that I wanted, where I don't want to have to do anything else. But everything else was... Was great, uh, you know, but the money just you know <laughs> fell short on the money end. But but that's okay. But God still blessing me right. each and every day. And, and guys like you keep Coco Beware the Birdman going, man. You know they keep me alive and stuff like that. And 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 vice versa. You know I, I'm here to help you guys out also. Absolutely. Then we thank you for that. Thank we you. do thank you for that. Can I can I ask real quick? Was there a particular wrestler when you were a child that you said, "Hey, I want to be like him"? Well, there, it it was it was a uh, fact that I mean he's 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 known now all over all over the world with uh, with WWE. Uh, and that's Jerry the King Lawler. I was wanted right. to be because he was he was kind of like Ric Flair. He was one of the dirty guys that wrote the book. Of the being a dirty man, uh-huh. and and ever since Lawler came out with probably he had fifteen wrestling chain in his boots, up on his arms, in his tights. He had wrestling. He had just had a chain all over his body that a referee took off one night, and I thought that was the coolest thing. That said, golly, can you believe that? And uh, and it was just in my blood, you know. I was actually playing. I was a high school football player for the Union City Golden Tornadoes and stuff. 
Go and, tornadoes! And uh, that's right, go tornadoes. Position, please. And I was a what I, position? I was a, a guard. I okay. was an offensive guard, and I was a, a nose guard, mm-hmm. also on defense. And uh, and I was like one of the fastest, said nose men that they ever they ever saw in in their life. That coaches couldn't believe it because I was so fast at getting off the line of scrimmage. I was in the backfield. Bam! I was the only. Uh, lineman that ever scored a touchdown. Oh, that I, I picked up a fumble one night and straight on into the end zone. And the people in the fans, up in the fans, they didn't even, they didn't know what was going on until I raised the ball up. I'm in the end zone. And then they come unglued. Nah. So I was outstanding in that, but it still wasn't my dream. My dream was still that, hey, I want to be that wrestler. I wanted to be that little black boy from a little small town of Union City, Tennessee, to make it so big, and just go out there and and just be a, be on the biggest stage of my life. I saw this WrestleMania in my as a kid in my dream that that I'm that I'm there. I'm there with the best of them, and God made it happen. I mean, a lot of prayers and stuff. God made it happen for me to be in WrestleMania three ninety three thousand some people i'm talking about man i would just had goosebumps going down the aisle and stuff like that because i'm going oh my god you answer my prayers tears was coming out and you know and it was just it was just pandemonium just i mean and i'm just looking at the people's chatting for this little boy they they, they don't even really know it just came from out of nowhere mm. you know and didn't come from the Big Apple, didn't come from Chicago, didn't right, yeah. come from L.A., right. came from a little small town with yep. a population beat of the odds. 10,000. So, we were speaking earlier before you came on. Uh, we were talking about when you got to WWE and you first played Madison Square Garden. Um, was that the biggest thrill for you, or was WrestleMania three the biggest thrill? Well, for WrestleMania three was the biggest, but Madison Square Garden, all, all these arenas, the Boston Garden, the United Center, the, I mean, Rosemont Arena and all this stuff. All these, all these uh, events, man, they was, they was unbelievable. What I'm saying, but nothing, nothing was over the edge like, like the WrestleManias where because I'm telling you, there was a, God bless her heart. She's going on to heaven. Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She sung the national anthem there, and I got a chance to meet her. Yeah, and, and that's the last time I. That I, I I ran into her and but that was WrestleMania three nineteen eighty seven, and uh, what a talent she were man you know. Well, let's go back a little bit uh, when you decide you want to be a pro wrestler. Um, did you speak to your mom or dad about this and what were their responses to you? Well, my mom they they was just you know they they was like I don't know what he's talking about you know I don't know if it's gonna happen you know well, he's. Right now he's young. Right now, and he don't. I don't think he really knows what he wants to do right now and right. stuff like that with with himself. And and I, but I just kept, uh, I just kept uh, going every 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 Thursday night. We had they had wrestling in my hometown, and the different guys was there, and I was there. I mean, I didn't miss a beat. And uh, who trained you? Well, it was just some, some local guys. And I tell you, show you how God works. It was just one Sunday afternoon. I was on my little bicycle, bicycle, 
And I was just riding around. I said, I'm going to ride down by the wrestling building. Well, nobody there, I thought. So when I rode down there, and just I'm just riding around, and then I rode around the back of the building. Then I heard some boom, 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 boom. Like somebody's in the ring wrestling on a Thursday night. I said, this is not Thursday night. This is Sunday afternoon. The guys was, the local guys was in there working out. And I just kind of peeked through. And I wasn't afraid. And, and I stayed there. I just stayed there and watched them for the longest before they realized there was somebody at the door looking. They said, sir, they said, yeah, can we help you? I said, yeah. I said, man. Can I please be a part of y'all? Can mm. can I can I join y'all wrestling deal or whatever? And they, he said, "Well, so you got the right size and everything." Because I was just out playing football, you know, and I was kind of yeah, buffed out there. You're yeah, big dude. And uh, they said, "Well, you need to go home and get some kind of write up. Which tell your mother that you would, that we're not responsible for it and anything that happened to you and stuff like." That. And man, you talking about somebody jumped on. I thought I was in an Indianapolis 500 <laughs> headed home. I burnt that, that bicycle up, man. The room, <laughs> I looked like I peeled rubber all over the top of that hill. Wow. And uh, I just told my mother, and I told her about it, and she said, my mother, you just got to sign something. My mother, I don't know what she She just scribbled on something, whatever. Mm-hmm. It didn't make no difference. And they couldn't, I don't think they could, I couldn't read it. And they, they couldn't read it. They said, well, I said, my mother signed it. Well, if she signed it, well, it's Okay. You can start working out with us. Wow. That's great. And this, these are guys, just local guys, you know, and they still uh, live. Uh, two of them passed on. When one of them passed on, and two of them still live in Union City. Is Gene Hall and and uh, I can't even think of the my other uh, guys. Been so long. Uh, I just I remember the, remember the, those guys, and they wasn't. They were just no names. You, I mean, they wouldn't hadn't been discovered on national TV, uh, anything like that. hadn't been on TV. Was there was no TV at all? They mm. they were just out there that Sunday. So it all starts for you very simple. How did we come up with the name Coco Beware? Well, the Coco Beware actually started in football. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it started in football because I was. Uh, I was the only black American. Now I'm saying black African, black American that played that played on on the football team at oh, the time. Okay. And but I was so devastating, and 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 uh, where it was kind of one of the one of my players. I don't know. We was in the huddle one time, and great sense of humor. Out of all, all the football teams, you know, the guys that I grew up with, great sense of humor. And one of them said, uh, let Coco do it. And and when he said let Coco do it, that opened up a can of worms. Everybody started, Coco, wow. And the coaches go, I said, do you mind call, we call you Coco? So you, you're not going to get offended by it? I said, no, I, you know, hey, I am Coco. I stand out, you know. <laughs> you know I'm the Coco that stands okay. out. You know, okay, well, you know. And and, and ever, it's, ever since then, it was Coco. 
and I was all in the newspapers and everything's Coco. At the time, they were spelling it C O C O. Okay. You know, and then then once I got into the wrestling, I'm gonna tell you, and then I I I finally worked. I worked out with these guys for one year, and then when I worked out with them, they said they called me up, said Coco, we need you to go to uh, this wrestling show with us. Bring your bag and stuff like that, and we, uh, you may get a chance to wrestle. You know, I'm going like, okay, okay. Uh, I said, and then I was nervous, the butterflies. I said, wow. It's, well, what's the matter? You don't, I said, yeah, I want to go. Well, just come on, get your suitcase, come on. I finally got my little suitcase. Now I'm sitting back here in the back seat. I'm just so nervous, man. I'm telling you, I'm just. Scared to death. And, How know, old are you right then? I guess I was around mm, maybe 17, 18. Man, somebody, baby. Oh, yeah. my God. You know, okay. And just nervous and stuff like that. And, and, and then they finally. Well, they, they put you in the ring with Gypsy Joe? Well, what happened, what happened, <laughs> what happened, they, uh, when we got out of the parking, when we got to the parking lot, everybody was getting their bags. Once again, this is how they initiated me. Once again, they said, Coco. You're not getting your suitcase. I said, what do you mean? I'm not right. He said, well, this way here, you don't have to run back to the car to get your suitcase. You can already have it just in case somebody don't show up. So I said, okay. So I walked in. There's these big monsters in the dressing room. Oh, my <laughs> God. Leah, you know, boy, it looked like they all look like Andre the Giant. I'm talking about every, the land of the Giants. Right. You know, and... Uh, and I walked in, and I was trained to go in this little bitty corner and sit down. Don't say nothing. Keep your mouth closed. Don't say nothing until somebody come up to you and some, you know. So I was sitting there real quiet for that week. For three weeks, I had to sit in that corner and not say a word to nobody. Nobody came by. But that last, that fourth week, this big monster came over. He said, "Hey, kid," and I didn't. I, and I'm going, "Hey, sir, how you doing?" He came over and shook my hand. Big guy, and he said, uh, "Are you one of the wrestlers?" I said, "No, sir. I'm just I'm training. Want to be one?" He said, "What do you mean you you want to be one?" He said, "I said I just want to be one." He said, "Oh, okay. You think you you think you got it?" You, you want to be one of us? I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'm trying to. So, I, he said, you know, I sat back down. I mean, I said, uh, I mean, I sat back down. I'm getting excited here. I sat back down, and then uh, the other guy came up. He started talking to me. And it went on and on. All the rest, it looked like all the other guys in the dressing room came up and shook their hands and all this stuff. So, the promoter came over there after it was getting close to bell time. They done gave me the name, Coco Kid. You know, I was young. Right. They done gave me the name, and the promoter comes over and says, Coco, are you a big shot already? You think you're a big shot already? What I said, he said, you're not going to get dressed tonight? And I said, I'm not, I'm not wrestling tonight. 
He said, Coco, you're not wrestling tonight. The hell you're not. Look here, Coco. Somebody bring me this this wrestling card poster. I see the wrestling poster. Coco Kid versus the Super Destroyer. Nice. You on the first match. Wow. Oh, the man. kid dressed. And I'm going, that's a 300-pound guy that I came over and shook my hand uh, uh, three weeks ago. After, and, he, and, and, then, and when he came over again, he said, yes, I'm going to bust you up tonight. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you want to be a wrestler. Yeah, I'm going to bust you up. And you talking about my eyes, God, just like, <laughs> oh, my God. These guys was on the floor. They was all on the floor laughing and going right, on. Right. And, uh, and it's like, Coco, just go out there. And, like, you've been re- uh, wrestling. And you've been practicing in the, at the arena back, in, back at home. Just do the same thing. Just don't worry about it. But, golly, what, can y'all get, get me somebody a little bit smaller? You, you picked the biggest man yeah. on this earth, you know. Yeah. He said, hey, that's part of it. Sometimes you're going to have to do that. And this Super Destroyer got me out there, and, man, he bumped me and bumped me and bumped me. I'm talking about he must have slammed me probably about 15. Because they done told him, said, now, he takes good bumps. Right. He takes good bumps and all this stuff. <laughs> so they want to see. said, you can give me any kind of bump you want to take. They slammed me and slammed me for over about 15 times and just – I was so sore, man. I'm telling you, he won the match, but I don't know how he won it. And then I, I finally got back home. The next morning, I couldn't get out of the bed trying to go to school. Did he sell for you at all? Man, did he? I wish he would have. <laughs> <laughs> you did all the selling that night. Yeah, I did it oh. all, every bit of the selling. Wow. And uh, my mother said, you sure you want to be this, uh, be this wrestler? And stuff like that. I said, mother. I guess so. I still love it, mother. But golly, this guy here just kept slamming me and slamming me. I, I, I can just see it in my dreams, you know. So after a while, I said, well, you know what? Well, did he talk to you after the match? He say, good job, kid. Or was it like well, you he, still had to earn your way no, into the industry? He didn't He didn't talk to me at all. I mean, my, my trainers came over and said, you did a pretty good job in back in the car when we got in the car. Okay. You, know, you did you did a pretty good job tonight. So but that super destroyer, I didn't see him till later on. And then we got out there and worked again. And his his attitude was a lot nicer. And and, and we went out there and had a dynamite match. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about we had a a good match. Good match. Right. Where he came back and said, Hell of a match, kid. Good. Golly, he's the man you I can see prospect in you. What was it? What was a payday back then for an indie match like that? Well, you know what? Now the promoter that booked me, the guys that booked me, they was handing out little slips, and I got paid like fifteen dollars. Okay. That was a dollar per bump. You said you were exactly. slammed fifteen times, yes. so you got a dollar per body the, slam. Was it the best fifteen dollars you ever made? What's wrong about it though? It was a fifteen dollars that I never received. Oh, oh my god! Well, I, you received I, the box. I gave it back to. Uh, what? What's that promoter's name? Paul Heyman. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Check oh, balance. Vince, no, fifteen dollar check. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, that's cold blooded. I'm, I'm just an advocate. No. I'm just an advocate. No, man. but that, the promoter man, he was. Uh, he said, "Coco, man, I." Uh, I hate to do it, but I, 
I need you know, I need the fifteen dollars. You know, that's just part of you do. You know, so you're not ready for for payoff yet and stuff like that. Right. So you know, so here I am again. I don't know if I'm ready or not, but all I wanted to do is wrestle. Mm. Right. You know, right. and, and hopefully, say well, all this will pay off after a while. So when does it start to pay off for you? Oh, the payoff st- actually started when I, I ran against uh, I met no I didn't run, I ran I met uh, big Uncle Elmer Plymouth Frazier. Yeah, Plymouth Frazier. I met him, and he had a furniture store in Union City. Okay. And uh, and I and when I met him, I got to talk to him, and he really got me over the edge. Because he was a good friend of Jerry Lawler's. Mm. And Jerry Lawler was kind of like a booker in Memphis, mm. Tennessee. And then um, he called Jerry and told him, said, Jerry, hey, I got a kid I want you to take a look at. Man, he's he's a good prospect and he and he's good. He's got a good attitude and stuff like that for the business. And I think he can, he can do some business, you know. So Jerry said, well, bring him over to Blyville, Arkansas, you know, and Went over at Blyville, uh, Arkansas, and I met Jerry. And uh, Jerry said, I, uh, Big Plyboy, and they call him Plyboy Frazier. Uh, Uncle Elmer said, Man, you really can get out there and fly and get it. He said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in, the, in one of my guys, one of my best bump takers of high flyers. His name was Cowboy Frankie Lane. Mm. And. Uh, he said, "This guy can go. I'm talking. About he he's a nonstop. See, just be ready because this guy called things out there. And just zip, 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 zip. Just go. Just, just, just go." And he said, "You think you can handle it?" I said, "Well, you know, we'll just wait. We'll just see. You know, by the end, the butterflies done settled down and everything like that. I done got more relaxed in the ring. Then got, then got the stage fry off, off of me, and." Uh, and so Frank Lang went out there and he started calling things and man just I was right there on the money. He started calling something else. He started he started doing all kind of calling, just over the top rope, you know, do this, do that, do this, you know. And Frankie was going, Golly kid, man, you're great. You wow. oh man, I love this. I love it. You know. And we went out there for probably about ten or fifteen minutes and of course he I slipped on a banana pillow and he he beat me. That's the only reason why. You know. <laughs> Where's your first actual contact with Lawler that you might sit down with him and he starts talking about working his territory? You know. Well, well, that was it. I mean, what I'm saying after after that match, Lawler said, "Man, he." So you already now you're talking with the yeah. guy. Now Lawler comes back and say, "Can you make uh, the Memphis wrestling on 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 Saturday morning?" This was Friday night, so I had to. I, I didn't want to say no, I couldn't make it, but I just made plans. Yes, I, I I'll make it. I'll make a certain way. He said because I want to, I want my other promoter to take a look at you, Jerry Jarrett. I want him to take a look at you and stuff like that. And, and uh, said, man, you did really good. And I went out there on Memphis TV wrestling, wrestled against a big old guy named another big guy that kept me with these big guys. I was married to him for a while. You know, I gave. He gave me a ring, and I gave him one. You know, right, right. but uh, it was big uh, Joe Joe LaDuke. Yeah, I don't know if you know yep, him, yep, big uh, Canadian yep. Joe LaDuke. Yep. And 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 what what really got me? He Joe LaDuke just did a he did an interview before our match, 
took an axe and just cut his his whole arm. I'm talking about just blood going everywhere. I mean, just cutting it, just taking a big axe and just ripping his. You can see blood. Just this wasn't. This was real, man. I'm talking about real. Yeah, yeah. And he had to get sold up, but Joe didn't care. And he was going, Jerry Lawler, this is what I think of you. And I'm going, I got to wrestle this guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So you're still babe in the woods at this point, right? Yes, yeah. So you're in the, you're in the good, good old boys network. Right. Is there any point that Lawler or Jarrett or, you know, we've had a couple of wrestles in here, New Jack and... Their claim is both of them were pretty pretty racist. Uh, did you did you feel that when you oh, were Lawler and, yeah, and Jarrett? No, no, it wasn't. No, you know what? I, what I'm going to say this. Well, two things too. I want you to tell that, but also at some point, do you realize that it's it's more of a white guy sport at this point? I, yes, I always say that this is, wrestling is nothing but a, a white man sport because mm-hmm. the white man he he created it. It was. Did you know how it started? Wrestling? Do y'all know how to start? Tell. Well, it was two big pop belly wrestlers, white men, that that was sitting around drinking beer. <laughs> are, you, are you looking at me right now, dude? <laughs> I mean, you know. Thanks, Coca. <laughs> you know, I, hey, unreal. You know, <laughs> <laughs> what kind of beer? What kind of beer? Wow. By the way? Well, what kind I of beer? You know the brand, though. Okay. Well, I, I, I'm well, very picky. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Coors, but, yeah, Coors. You're there, but. <laughs> oh, okay. Budweiser. Okay. <laughs> so we got the beginning. Okay. Go. Okay, and then and then, uh, but they would they would go around, and then this old lady, <laughs> she she was just walking. And these guys done had a few beers and sitting there and just hot, you know, day and stuff like that. So one of them went over and hit hit the other one with a foreign object. Yeah, and and yeah. then and then and then the other guy he just fell out. So he sold it. Yeah, he sold it and everything. <laughs> and 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 uh, this old lady said, told her husband, "Honey, did you see that man hit that other man? Oh my God, he he knocked the devil out of him, you know." Huh? Lord, I hope that poor child ain't hurt, you know. And so, so, and those guys was, was got to laughing about that. They were sitting there drinking the beer, and they just start laughing. And they were talking about, you know what? We should fight next week. You know what? This, we, this was the first work of all time. You know, yeah. So we ought to, we ought to call this professional wrestling and go around and make a ton of money. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm really not believing this story. You really? No, I think I'm being I, Billy I, Jack Taines right funny. now. I like it. What? It's funny. It works for me. All right, so let, let, let's go. Oh let's go God. back to it. So, well, that's how it really Billy started. Jack Haynes? How would it possible? Oh, yeah, right. Oh <laughs> my God, that's so, impossible. So you kind of know that it's going to be tough. It's going to be. You love the sport, but it might be a tough road for you, right? Well, you know what? I just thought it was going to be tough for me anyway, not because it's, I was it, black. It's tough you know, regardless, just, you know, sure. because I'm telling you, and I've been I. I work with the WWE for ever since eight. Got a great chance to go up there in, in '86. Uh, all the other places I've been, for I got the I call it the all the other places with the the <laughs> road to the the granddaddy of all. Right. You know. But, but now that you say that, I'm sorry. At that point, you still had the NWA. You had the AWA. I know the WWE is sure. the the last stop now. But back then, was if you made it to New York, that was it, or was it? Atlanta was it? No, I went around. I went around Tulsa, Oklahoma. I went to uh, 
Pensacola, Florida, f- for the Fullers. I went to uh, Dallas, Texas, for the Von Ericks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to, uh, uh, let's see, I think I went to Carolinas for a little bit. Uh, uh, Memphis, I stayed there for five years before I even went anywhere. Right. And uh, and like I said, Bill Watts uh, uh, down in Mid-South Wrestling. How was Bill Watts? Bill Watts, hey, at the time... I didn't know Bill Watts when I went there. I didn't know him and stuff like that. I didn't know him till after I got accepted into WWE, and and uh, and 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 that's that's what I'm saying. That was just the road that I like that I was climbing the ladder. The ladder that I was climbing up to was the the big dance, mm. you know. And I didn't think that they anybody saw me. As an outstanding wrestler, any promoter saw me that way, and I was shocked when I got the call from Howard Finkel after I'd been in Memphis, uh, Oklahoma, all these other places. You know, just and great. I mean, they was all it, it was good money, but it was you know wasn't no big money, you know. And but I but it was a lot of experience. Mm-hmm. But when Howard Finkel called me from Miss South. I uh, I didn't believe it because I thought the wrestlers was putting a rib on me or something like that. You know, they was they all, they love ribbing guys, and uh, and I'm going, no, nah, this is not Howard. No, this is not Howard. And Howard, yes, it is, Coco. I'm telling you, I'm the, I'm Howard Finkel from WWE. I got to say that, uh, and uh, and I said, really? I said, no, come on. So I tell you what. Here's my number, 203 number, call me back. I dialed the 203, da-da-da-da-da-da, boom. Called Howard back. It was legit. I said, wow, I can't believe it. I said, what in the world do y'all want with me, this this little, this little, this little guy? Well, we had agents out. We had watched you for several couple months. We love your style. We love your gimmick. As the bird man, I just didn't have a bird, but you had birds. I had birds on my tights and all that stuff, mm. and uh, I was doing the dance yeah. thing and all that. Got it from Mars Day and Time. Yep, when he was doing the bird, mm-hmm. and uh, and and uh, Howard said, "Well, would, Vince would love for you to come up and, and talk to him about, you know, make a switch over. None against Bill Watts. None against you know. We want to respect Bill." We want to do this on your off day, not on bill day. Do it on your off day. So I said, okay. So I, I know I uh, got a hold of Bill, and I told Bill, well, next time I'm off, that I'm, I've been contacted by New New York, that everybody call, and we're gonna go up, and I'm gonna go up and see what's going on. And Bill Watts was just going crazy, like, oh my God, Coco, they're not gonna do anything with you and mm. stuff like that. You're too small and all this stuff. But, Coco, I'm telling you, they're not going to do anything. They love big guys. I said, well, Bill, I got I said, you're not doing anything with me now. JYD is gone. Okay. Then Bill was trying to find 
who could fill in JYD the new spot. JYD, yeah. And I told Bill, I said, Bill, I said, I can't fill in JYD spots. I'm not JYD. I'm not right. that big. Who is? You're right. You know, yeah. that monster that you created. JYD was one of them. And then, uh, and then and with a big dog change around, I said, <laughs> I said, I look crazy with a little dog change around my neck <laughs> and stuff like that, you know. And I, and, I, and I said, Bill, I said, I said, but I need to go up there and see what they're going to offer me. I said, if I don't, I probably just would kick myself in the rear end the rest of my life. Yeah. So Bill was just—he was a little—he was a little upset, but Bill understood. That's mm-hmm. what I like about it. He understood. So I got to, had the meeting with Vince McMahon and stuff like that. They flew me up, and then at, at the end of the conversation, I had this—I had this little uh, this little parrot. I had a, a Polaroid uh, picture it was stuck in my shirt. Cause somehow at the end of the conversation, Vince McMahon is, I said, Coco. And I turned around. He said, is there anything else you'd like to add to your gimmick? And I said, yes, Vince. I forgot about the whole thing. right? I mean, my little parrot. I said, man, I would love to have this little parrot right here. <laughs> and uh, Vince looked at it. And he said, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Another animal. He says, now we got a snake. We got a dog. We got a dragon. Mm-hmm. Now we got a bird. He said, you sure you want to carry this thing all around? I said, Vince, this is going to be like putting me up there with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, all your big monsters. I said, "That's this bird is going to put me up there. Mm. So Vince going, well, I tell you what, it's, it's a great idea. I mean, you know, you got everything going. And uh, if you want to carry this bird around, I, I'll get you a bird for you and stuff like that. And that's where that big successful I'm talking about that big break that I got from out of WWE right there started. So, w- with that conversation with Vince, does he just offer you the opportunity? You no, know, again, you're still a babe in the woods, right? You've been wrestling in Memphis for a while, but now you got you. Well, you're new believe, to Vince, yeah, obviously. and you're going you're going big you're time. New to that world. Right. I mean, how do you negotiate that deal? Is you just say, okay, I'm going to pay you this, and you're like, okay, or are you well, back are you then, ready to do battle and right. like get what you want? Well, back then it was just. Like a verbal agreement, mm-hmm. it wasn't in a contract. But he did tell you money, right? He did say, well, "I will give you this." Well, right? he didn't guarantee me any money. He said, mm-hmm. "You're gonna do better than what you're making. You're gonna make more than what you're making uh, down in the south." And which he was right about that, you know. But back then, we just couldn't have agents. You know, if I had, if I had an agent, probably would have had a lot more money put away. Mm-hmm. Or whatever, but I think back then Hogan didn't even have an agent. Mm. Yeah, sure. You know, and they just now got agents now. You know, right. the guys just now that they 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 got a better. It's a better opportunity now than than do, we had. Do back you then. feel promoters took advantage of wrestlers back then? Do you feel Vince took advantage of you? Well, you know what. Because you were highly popular, man. You know, we were around, but, right? We, yeah, you were very you were big over, time. But right? you know what? You had a huge this, pop. This is huge what I. Pop. This is what I always wanted to say. I, 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 I worked hard because my, my attitude and everything was like, you know, I'm a little bitty guy, but I got a big man's heart and everything. And there's no wrestler out there, there's no wrestler on this earth can outbeat, outshine me. That was my thinking ability. Mm. And that's why I tell you guys, I, even yourself, there's no commentators out there, no radio station is even better than y'all. 
There's no radio station. And Vince used to preach this to us when the other wrestlers, I mean, the circuit was going on. Like, uh, I'm, I'm not going to call their name. Like he said, guys, it ain't nothing but one wrestling association in the country, and that's WWE. There ain't no other wrestling exist. They don't exist. There's no other wrestling in build, and there's no other wrestling out there is performing but WWE. Hmm. And he said, "Keep that." He said, "I don't want nobody to mention anybody's name on my TV." I want it all by myself. Is and we in one big family here, and this is way this is going to grow and grow and grow. When we want guys with that kind of attitude to have, there's no other wrestling but WWE, mm. and, and there's no other wrestler is going to outshine Coco Beware. You know, and that's what. And when when the stage when the, when the light when the lights come on. I change gears. I'm not yep. the same person. No. I jump out. I'm the bird man now. Yep. I really, I'm that bird man just looking at the stars and everything. You know, just, just me and Frank is, I said, Frank, it's time to, it's time to, it's time to get down, you know. You know, speaking of Frankie, was, as you grew this relationship with this animal, how many years were you together? Oh, we was together uh, probably 25 25 uh, years. Well, these, these birds live a long I know time. They, they live 100 years old. That's what they tell so, me. So, uh, how was it when, when you lost them? Uh, well, that was just, that was sad when I mm. lost Frankie. You know, it was just, it was heartbroken. And, uh, you know, the we was in church and the house caught a fire. Ooh. And my and uh, my neighbor, in fact, uh, my kids were, my my kids would have been in that house fire too if if my wife said, "Let's just go ahead." We got up early. Me and her got up early. We only five minutes from the church, so we said, "Honey, just let's let let the kids rest." You know, they was up Saturday night a little late. You know, let them go ahead and rest. And we we only five minutes away from our church. And then we got the ate breakfast and all that. And then she said, "You know what? Let's just go ahead and get the kids. Let's go get it. Go ahead and get them up." They need to go to church. And you know what? God was looking over us on that one. Mm-hmm. He was watching, man. He he took care took care of us on that one. Uh, when we got to the church, man, like forty five minutes, the deacon came over and said, "Coco, man, y'all house is on fire." And I said, "Oh God!" And this time we, I kept a a lock on Frankie's cage because he had the tendency to unlock it himself and, and get out and he'll chew up the lamps or whatever wood he just you know they're, they're messy they're really messy uh, messy birds and uh, I love them I love them but they're just real messy and uh, when we when I got there man the fire trucks and everybody was there and just I went around the back of the house and I was going to kick the back door because his cage was right by the back door. And this neighbor that I never met before down the street, uh, he was down on his knees just crying away, man, just just bawling, man. And he said, Coco, he looked up at me, man, t- tears. And 
He said, Coco, I try to save your your child. I try to save your child. All I can hear your child saying, let me out, let me out. Let When Frankie wanted to get out of the cage, uh, he would just, he would tell you, let me out, let me out. That's what, he, and I have to let him out of the cage. So I said, I told him, sir, I said, sir, it was like a kid of mine, but it wasn't my own kid. I said, that was my, my, my pet bird I had in there. Well, he sure sounds just like a kid. Let me out, let yeah. me out, let yeah. me out. I can hear it now. And uh, mm. and uh, and uh, when the farmers, the, I had the farmers. They just they what they found. They opened the cage and they they put him in a sack. And I never did open the sack. I never did open the sack. And I just, you know what? I just went on in the backyard. And I bur- buried Frankie in the backyard. And. Man, you talking about? You talking about really? It's just like losing a kid. I lost a good one because yeah. he was he was my bread and butter. Yeah, well, you know, and he and he helped me. Got you over big time. He helped me sure. to get up there. Yeah. And this was just all. It was, it was all. It was just all about. Can I ask what year this was, if I may? Uh, I think it was. I can't even remember. This is before your induction, I'm asking. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it just. Yeah. It just took, it took an animal. A family, right? They're, they're a family, family animal yeah. to yep, get yeah. me over yeah. But I I trained this wild animal. Sure. When they brought it to me, he was he was wild. He will fight. He will bite. I got finger. I get bite marks on my oh, finger now. <laughs> he will bite. He would do it all. I tell you he what, would, on camera he came across as a pro's pro. <laughs> he was mean. <laughs> Whatever that's worth. And hey. I had to I had to really work with him, and to get the point across. Hey. Either we're gonna be friends, or we're gonna fight every night, mm. or whatever. And then we're gonna go out here, and we're gonna do this together. How was he able to travel with you? Like, how was that arranged? Like, well, on I a had plane. A, like, where was he stored? Well, they, you know, all the planes got a got place for animals. For okay, up underneath. I haven't had much experience bringing the, my pets on a plane. I'm just for the asking. heat. For the heat. Mm. Right. It's the winter time. For the air condition. Is it summer? Right. Well, and uh, it's a little more expensive now, but. Uh, Man, but we went everywhere except Canada. I couldn't take him out of the country. Yeah. Oh, okay. At all. And one time I took him, we 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 landed in uh, Nassau, Bahamas. Yeah. It didn't have no trouble getting Frankie into Nassau, but on the way out on the USA side, I had nothing but trouble getting him out of out of the Bahamas. Mm. In fact, I told him I missed the flight. I mean, I was over four hours later. I said, I'm not leaving Bahamas no. without my bird. Right. Nope. And when that, when they, when they made sure my bird was on his plane, on on on, it, I made sure. I said, I got to go down and see myself. They had to walk me down 
and see Frankie underneath this plane. Yeah. You know, I said, okay, I, I can get on. I can get. A, I, I can get on on the flight and get. But I never went back to Bahamas again. So all, all your work together, though, you, you you know you like you said he was your child. I mean, you know, you talked about WrestleMania three. Like, did did Frankie know it was showtime eventually? Now he was ready to go. Frankie it was knew showtime. it was showtime. That's I awesome. mean, he he knew there was showtime, big time. Every, every time he he wouldn't come out. He used to not come out of his cage. Now, when it's time to go, he knows he load himself up. He'll I can just leave the door open and he'll walk. In, in, get into the cage. Well, you know, I, I haven't thought about this for 20 years, but um, this is, you know, this is when, what you do with life and what you've done with your career and what you mean to people. When I was in the Army, I was a big wrestling fan, big fan of yours. I actually had a fake bird that was given to me, like Frankie. <laughs> right. And I named it Frankie. And I walked around with that thing all all the time. And and Frankie still to this day is in my basement and Oy. he's known as Frankie. Oy. I guess my whole point is it's like you influence people's lives and You brought uh, joy. You brought you joy. And Frankie right, together brought a lot of joy. Right. And you did a great job. And right. you did a great job. Man. And you know what? And I achieved my goal. I did everything. Oh, yeah. I, this oh, yeah. is what I wanted to do, and I achieved it. And I went all the way to the that I got inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, mm. and uh, and you can't take that away from me, whatever. And uh, because I worked hard, and and I thank the fans out there that voted and all that stuff. If they had anything to do with it, or whoever had anything to do with it, I want to thank you to, today. If I haven't, if you hadn't heard of me, to thank you all. Mm. Uh, for that, because you know, that was my goal, and and like I said, and let's go back to the, to to the racial part of my uh, coming up. You know what? It was it was racial. I was it was racial for me coming up in 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 uh, in the ninth grade mm-hmm. when they segregated. You know, uh, from being in, being an all black. Uh, school and then they segregated it the night you know the ninth grade we all had to go to come together and be in high school it was a bit, lot of big fights I saw my school teacher mr miller that get that got hit in the face with with a chair or something uh somebody and broke his all his the glasses in his eyes and everything and I'm telling you it, it was just it it was just it was really hell that the to see this coming up, you know, uh, where the blacks couldn't get along with the whites. I mean, this is like fighting left. I mean, back and forth, back and forth, and stuff like that. And you know what? And I said to myself, I was never was a part of it. I was. I hid. I got out of the way because I didn't want to get hurt. You know, I saw a whole family, a whole black family, get locked up. The mom and daddy and the kids, they locked them all up. Because the mother, I mean, the purse came down there and wanted to take the kids' side. And they got the fight, and they got the fighting with the teachers and everything. And the and, and officers locked them up. Mm. But it was, you know, it, it was a scary moment at that at that at at, the, at that time, you know, we came a long ways. I'm just gonna say. I was gonna ask, how do you feel about the progress today? Right. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and I think the progress it has it has, it has gotten a whole lot better. Don't you? I get the feeling 
don't you you're a trailblazer in this industry right you're with the ernie lads you know yeah that's fair. You, you you you're with the Booker T's. You're you're in that group. Honestly, on an entertainment level, he's right with Booker T. Absolutely, on an entertainment well, level. Well, kind of Booker T and I have never worked together. Okay, but I I think he was on he was in on one side of the fence and I was on the other. You know, at but we never got a chance to work the territories together. Gotcha. But I guess my point is, you know, Ron Simmons, you know, Bobo Brazil, Tony Atlas. You're you're Tony Atlas. Yeah, Bobo you're, Brazil. You're in that. You're right. In, That's you right. are a trailblazer. That's Tony. why you're in the Hall of Fame. Right. People know who Coco Beware is. Right. I mean, you know, we're going to treat yep. the fans a little later, but uh, you know, I just I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I just have this feeling like I don't know. You don't consider yourself on that level. I do. You know, I I just think. I, but I want to be on everybody's level. Were you surprised when you got inducted? Were you surprised when they called you? I was surprised when they called me because yeah. it was 20 years later. Okay. And you know what? I didn't believe it when Howard called me. That's what I'm saying. So I accepted. And I did what I did. I did everything I could do, you know, at the time, you know, when to get ready for it and all that Did stuff. you ever long for the Intercontinental title or the World Heavyweight title? I know that they're just titles and business is business. Did you ever long for those belts, to want to hold those belts? No? You know Not what? It's like this. I know I would have. Like, it's like this. <laughs> the bird was the, my champion. Absolutely. Yeah. I totally I didn't understand. need to come to I totally them. understand. I'm just I curious if you know, ever wanted a belt. That was for guys like... Was there ever any talk that they may put a strap on you? Well... No, not at all. Because what I'm saying that wasn't that wasn't you already gold. my gimmick. You're already gold. You know, I gotcha. left that up to my friend Ric Flair, uh, Harley Race, and guys go. like that. There you know, you uh, okay. just you know, and and, and uh, Nick Bogwinkle okay. and, and, and and guys. You know, that, Jerry, those Jerry Lawler, yeah. those guys like that. They was in the title matches, but I had my gimmick with me, the, the Bird. Yeah, and I'm telling you that. Wagging that Way cage over. around, it was just like carrying one of those belts around, those heavy ten pounds yeah. of ten thousand dollars that you had to put up the deposit for ten thousand yeah. to carry that belt around just in case you lose it. Yeah, sure. Two questions if I can get them in. You've obviously done individual wrestling one on one and lots of tag team in your career. Did you have a preference? And number two, who was your favorite tag team partner? Well, <sighs> You know what? I didn't have no problem with either tag whoever I tag team with, and they was they was they was good. Uh, start off with Norvell Austin, where me and Bobby Eaton. Do you feel Bobby Eaton was underrated? I believe he was. I believe that he, you know. Uh, I think we both were, you know, and we was the first. Actually, we was like the first black and white. Okay. Uh, team down in Memphis to. To really, didn't uh, you wind up having quite the feud too? On top of it, eventually, when you guys didn't you feud with each other a little bit? Just a little bit, but not not okay. much. But okay. but Bobby and I really got over big time in Memphis, Tennessee. It's Ebony and Ivory, and that's when <laughs> that's when Paul McCartney and like, Stevie yeah. Wonder came out with that song. I like that song, and on. we had T-shirts out, you <laughs> yeah, know, and all okay. that stuff, you know. <laughs> and so okay. so so that's where we got the gimmick from. From from you know, that's what we was calling ourselves, and then. And then my good friend, Jerry the King Lawler, came up. He was the Vince McMahon back in the day, along with Jerry Jarrett. Yeah. I mean, he came. they came up with ideals. And, and that's when Lawler came up with, with, uh, the, with the PYT Express gimmick. Yeah. With the Kamala, the Ugandan giant. He came, Jerry Lawler came up with that gimmick. 
and then he, uh, he came up with you know the Rock and Roll Express. So you know, I mean, Lola did the Rock and Roll. Express Yes, too. Jerry Lola wow. did the Rock and Roll Express. You didn't know that? Pretty good run there for Jerry. You didn't with know the that, ideas. No, I don't know. How about you, Miller? Did you know that? <laughs> you know. Yes. <laughs> what a liar! Oh my god! <laughs> this guy who does talk shit. Is great, He's got the right name, <laughs> Miller. <laughs> Miller. Yeah. So t- I want to oh ask you about Lord. your finisher. Where did you come up with that finisher? And if I was wrestling, yeah, I wouldn't want to be. That was probably the most dangerous finisher yeah. I've ever seen. Come with the Bird Buster. That's right, the, the Bird, Bird Buster. Buster. Well, you know what? What am I? One of my old older friends, I saw this move was done down in uh, Pensacola, Florida. His name was Louis Tillet. And Louis Tillet would, would what he called the brain buster somebody. And I saw that finish where he, and I didn't know he was going to do it. When he, I was watching the match, and when he brain busted this guy, man, I, I just, uh, I couldn't believe it. I, everybody just grabbed their neck in, in the audience oh, and yeah. stuff like that. And I was going, oh, my God. I said, what a move. What a move. So I went to Louie and I asked Louie. I said, Louie, you got you to gotta tell me what's the secret, how to hold the guy's neck like that. Because he set him up like it was going to be a, a, a suplex. But Louie held him. And Louie said, Coco, you just got to count 1,001. One thousand. Well, the guy's holding, yeah. and everybody's looking in the audience. One thousand two, and it just comes down, just boom. He said, "But you gotta lock it. You gotta lock your neck, his neck in on your arms, because you can't break his neck." Yeah. He said, "Don't break a guy's neck. Whatever you do, <laughs> he said, you on your own, then Coco." <laughs> but uh, but it's been a great move that a lot of guys, you know, can do and stuff like that. I haven't seen anybody. Listen, I- one of the best moves and one of the best finishers ever. Now in today's WWE, you drop it on the guy would stand up in one second. Oh yeah, get ready well, to go at you again. Well, right? see, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't do it if they're gonna jump right up. They're not gonna. They wouldn't kill that off. Yeah, you know, straight. And you know, and the business have changed and stuff like that. But you know what? You still can't knock reset uh, uh, those guys because you know I'm telling you, man. They still they still. Breaking down WrestleMania is coming up here uh, uh, Sunday. I'm sure they're gonna have an outstanding crowd. I'm I'm just glad to be a part of it, you know. And I don't have against anything against anybody and stuff like that. And the, and and going back to the racial thing again, I'm telling you, when I came up, it was I don't know what I was. I don't know what they were saying in the dressing room behind my back, but they never came and told me to my face. And call me out of my name. Gotcha. And I never call them out of their name to their face. So I'm like, and, and I'm like this, you know. That generation is gone. Let's turn the page. Let's and let's do the right thing and let's get along. Amen. You know because that's. The generation that we had in the back years ago, yes, it's history. But think about it, though. Let's move on from it. Let's don't keep throwing people under the bus, you know, dragging it through the mud. Because I love Martin Luther King. But Martin Luther King's gone on. 
Martin Luther King is up there talking up in glory land. Trying to get some folks up there right. He had a dream. He's, he's having a dream up there. Thank God. He, he had it down here. But a lot of us wouldn't even pay any attention to it. Until mm. it's too late. Mm. You see? People don't know what Dr. Martin Luther King was talking about. Because they didn't want to take time to understand it. If I may, on a historical note, 51 years ago today was the yes. day Dr. King was killed. 51. Wow. Yeah, right in Memphis, Tennessee. You know, but what I'm saying, but I'm just saying to to all our generations, let's get along. Let's, this, hey, if you, I don't have any against, I don't have a problem against if you want to marry, my son's married to a Caucasian lady, and, and I have some beautiful grandkids. So even if you have bad pizza, you're okay? Like, you don't like that person? <laughs> what? Well, you know, if, if you eat some pizza, pizza and then you have the runs and your stomach hurts, you're oh, okay with you that? I actually heard that well, It just him. depends. Is that if, true? If you, if you make it, say if you make the pizza for me and I got sick or had bad runs in it. Did that ever happen to you in New well, York? Well, you know, did. I better watch it, you know. Well, you're back in New York now. You better be careful. That's what I'm saying. I'm in yeah, New York. You better be you know. careful. You've know. you know, got to be careful. New things will be said. You've know, you got to be hey, very careful. So, um, <laughs> Mom, Dad, WrestleMania 3, were they around for that? Mm. Uh, I don't think so. Mm. So what are you thinking when you walk? By the way, uh, the Natural Butch Reed is here this Sunday at uh, yeah. 5 p.m. only here on Village Connection Radio. And Butch Reed. Butch Tell him I said Saturday. hello. Yeah, I will. What a great guy. Oh, my God. Um, Saturday. <laughs> by the way, J.J. McGuire yes. says yeah. hello, and he loves you. I know it, and I love him, too. J.J. J.J.'s the man. And I'm telling you, J.J. is the one, along with Jimmy Hart, that came up with Pile Driver. Well, speaking of pile driver, oh, no. <laughs> would you grace us? Well, in studio we have Wisteria Hall, which is a up and coming band here in New York. The front man, uh, the the lead guitarist Bart Griggs, the front man, our own Jimmy Farrell. Oh, wow. We would be honored. We would be. if you could sing but, with Wisteria. But one Hall. thing, go ahead. I'm really upset with you. What did I do? What happened? Oh, wait, I feel a setup coming. Go ahead. Why is there always a oh, setup? I smell you. Anyway, go on. Let, let me have it, Coco. No, go really, ahead, Coco. You know, all this time here, you was answering good questions about the... Yeah. But you didn't Stay really... But you didn't like me being in the Hall of Fame. What's wrong with that? You steaming. You didn't like from me... Of listen, you, <clears throat> listen. I mean, Monty well, DeFaro you know is seen by you know what? thousands we, and thousands of people every week. Wait a minute. Do you want to get power drive? No way, man. No. I'm telling you. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It's happening again. It's not happening again. I can't believe it. I'm sitting down and he can just do it. You're the one. You're the troublemaker. I am. I'm telling you right now. You understand? You're the troublemaker. Yeah, you're the troublemaker. Sing pile drive. Watch this. Oh no. Come on, guys. Y'all ready to get on in there with oy, him, Jimmy? Oy, oy. Hold on, we're gonna set up. Get on right over there, mister. Oh, Beware. Jimmy oh, Farrow will be with you. Well, only here on Monty, Monty and the Farrow. You oh, get to God. see. 
the famous Coco Beware WWE Hall of Famer, along with Mysterio Hall, going to sing one of my favorite songs. Um, Coco, you did say that J.J. McGuire wrote this song, right? Yeah, J.J. and and the mouth of the world. Uh, That's mouth of the south. And let me tell you, I have that album. I love this song. I love the video. And I cannot... You just don't understand what this means to me. All right. You're not going to dance, are you? I might. Are we ready? (laughs) I think... When are we ready? You ready, Bart? Are we ready? Wait a minute. You nervous? No. No. Play it, boy! Play it! Play it! You ain't got, you in the wrong tune. What's wrong with you? You can tiptoe around. But don't make a sound. You can make a little solid romance. Sometimes love feels like a fight. It sounds like a argument. It sounds just like a power driver. First you think it's so wrong But something goes wrong It feels like a great big mistake Sometimes love It feels just right It feels so real It feels just like a power driver She got you hot wire, higher, higher power driver. Yeah, yeah, power driver. Yeah. Your torso always changing. Ooh, yeah. Oh, sometimes love it feels just right. It feels so real. It feels, it feels loud, loud, loud. Power driver. This has been an incredible episode. I want to thank Coco Beware. I want to thank Wisteria Hall. You are watching Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast. Thank you, Mr. Coco Beware. Thank you for having me. You are incredible. We'll see you uh, tomorrow with Lanny Poffo. And then Saturday, we got Stan Hansen, J.J. Dillon, and the Natural Butch Reed. It is like a pile driver. Like a pile driver!
idea of where I stand.